Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another fresh week of the podcast daily. Uh, Ohio State uh, through now a full week of training camp after having started that acclimation period at the start of August. Getting really deep into it now as the season opener for the Buckeyes on September 3rd creeps a little closer. We're halfway through uh, training camp as we talk about this here on August 15th. That's Berm and Bill Landis. Uh, and we thank everybody who has uh, jumped on board with us over the last couple of weeks and especially over the last couple of days. We, we've noticed your support for the podcast and one of our co-hosts specifically, and we're ready Bill? to get rolling. That was you, Berm. Oh, well, I mean, was, I me. just like people. I just <laughs> like everyone, and uh, I'm glad that people like what we do, and thank you for, for giving us a shot to keep doing it. Okay, so the big key early scrimmage was Saturday. We did not get to watch it, Bill. We got an hour and 15 minutes on Thursday instead. So we're trying to piece together uh, some things that we may have heard or uh, tidbits that we've picked up. But for the most part, uh, it's a little bit of a mystery for us. However, what we talked about all last week continued through Saturday, which is Ohio State's cornerback situation uh, is a little bit sketchy at this point. Don't know the exact details or severity, but we know that Jordan Hancock was still dealing with a lower leg situation. Cameron Brown has been on a pitch count. That didn't change on Saturday. And I'm told that Denzel Burke was not able. Uh, he participated on Saturday but did not finish it. Now, whether that was preventative uh, to make sure that Ohio State was healthy, I don't know. I just – that situation continues to be the one that's most fascinating for Ohio State in August. It's all about what the what the severity is, right? Like if, if Jordan Hancock is, is more of a day-to-day deal, and that's kind of what it sounds like, and, and maybe they're being a little cautious with that. I don't think that's anything to get super alarmed about. Uh, Cam Brown, I don't think is anything to get super alarmed about. That's kind of this has been his existence really his entire career. Unfortunately for him, <laughs> I know I know it frustrates him, but if the end result is that he's ready to play in games, that's all that matters. Denzel Burke is obviously the the, the bigger one, and uh, we won't get to talk to Ryan Day. I think on on Monday to get some clarity on that if possible. So that's kind of hanging out there in the air. Um, obviously, he's a super talented player. He's their best cornerback. You need him for the start of the season. So ho- hopefully, that's just something where. If he did get dinged up, that they pulled him out more as a precaution than than anything else. I was watching uh, Hard Knocks with the Detroit Lions the other night. I'm not sure if you guys have watched that yet, but early in this uh, first episode, Dan Campbell, the Lions head coach, was talking to his team, and he said, you guys feel better right now than you will until March. So every day you're going to deal with injuries. Every day you're going to have guys getting dinged up. Every day you're going to have something that comes up that says, hey, maybe this isn't the perfect way that you're going to feel, but... Um, from what we heard, even with those things, every person I spoke to about the scrimmage on Saturday was pretty intent that the defense uh, stood out and played pretty well despite those injuries and and those question marks. And especially, guys, believe it or not, at the safety position in a safety-driven defense, wow. three specific names I heard were, were Court Williams, Lathan Ransom, and Cam Martinez, uh, who really stood out as far as that afternoon's scr- scrimmage. But here's a question I have for you guys. Would you have rather had an hour and 15 minutes of full practice on Thursday or 15 minutes of a scrimmage on Saturday? Uh, you mean 15 minutes of stretching before? No, I mean like the actual, you know, go time. I don't know. I thought I thought we got quite a lot out of an hour and 15 minutes on Thursday. Yeah, I think I'd rather have the hour 15 because within that hour 15, there was still some 11 on 11 stuff. It wasn't. It was thud tempo. It wasn't a full live scrimmage, but probably similar to what they were doing on, on Saturday. So I take the hour over the 15. Now, would I have given up 
every open viewing period for the rest of the month to watch one complete scrimmage. I'll make that deal for sure. Yep. Yep. Okay. Just making sure. I just <laughs> no, wanted to great. get. I just wanted. I just wanted to get a temperature check there. That's all. No, it's a great question, and you know, if I don't know, maybe maybe people feel like I'm belaboring the point with these early injuries, and that they're still, you know, two plus weeks for Ohio State to get healthy before playing Notre Dame. But it's it's just to me that it's all happening at one position, seemingly, and it's also one that didn't have the greatest amount of depth in the first place. Uh, you brought up Cameron Martinez. That was also he didn't he wasn't doing that at safety. My understanding is where he flashed there was at outside cornerback where they could really need him. And I was also told that J.K. Johnson continued to uh, be on the upswing as well at cornerback. So it's not not trying to paint a bleak picture for what Ohio State's defense might be, but I think that there has to be some sort of recognition or realization that Ohio State's probably not going to be at full strength at cornerback going into a game that's really, really important to kick off the year. I think the good news is, sorry to jump in there, Bill, is that Notre Dame lost its top receiver, returning receiver a few days ago. He's out for the year. Notre Dame did just name Tyler Buckner the starting quarterback for the season. So at least now whoever is out there for Ohio State has some concept of exactly who they're preparing for, and there is some film on, on Buckner to start preparing ahead of time. So it, it's definitely a concern. I don't think you can look at it and think otherwise, but it is funny just the way it works out. Like you know that was the one position where you couldn't deal with injuries. Uh, yet it's the one position that has them. There's two things happening here that maybe don't exactly line up because, as you both said, this is probably the last position you'd – well, outside of quarterback maybe – the last position you'd want to see something like this happen because they are so short there. But on the other hand, I think it's the position where you could maybe most afford to be down a little bit when you look at Ohio State's schedule. Like there's not – you know, there's, a, there's not <laughs> an offense there that, that really kind of terrifies you. And even Notre Dame, I think now with Tyler Buckner being named the starter – and Michael Mayer being kind of the guy that makes that offense go. You're looking at a lot of quarterback run game, and you're looking at a receiver slash tight end and Mayer who, who probably wouldn't see the cornerbacks all that much anyway. So um, it's good to hear that guys like Cam Martinez and J.K. Johnson are playing well. And, and if you know if Ohio State does have to dip into its depth of cornerback in the opener, maybe they'll be okay. But but I also think the matchup there favors a little bit a situation where if, if you're late a corner, maybe you can get by with guys who are less experienced or uh, maybe aren't quite as good as the guys you – yeah, it, you know, a lot of this conversation in the offseason was about Ohio State being able to stop the run after what happened in the loss at Michigan to end last year and, and obviously what happened at Oregon as well and, and that front six or seven, depending on the personnel. So um, the fact that now we're spending all this time talking about the cornerbacks certainly seems a little odd. On the other side of the football, the three names that were mentioned to me uh, with no specifics, we don't have any stats, don't have any insight beyond this, but uh, they were floated. It was Cameron Babb, Jaden Ballard, and Cade Stover. And Stover, to me, especially based off what we saw on Thursday during that open period of practice, a couple deep shots and the tight end wheel route, uh, you know, a, a tight end screen that I was mentioned to me as something that might have popped up on Saturday. Uh, the fact that Cade Stover has taken maybe this next step in comfort and production and confidence, that's the other group that I sort of talked about coming into training camp where I didn't know how it was going to play out. If Cade Stover is taking that, sort of by the reins right now. He's also now a captain. Seems like maybe that has shorn itself up even through just a week and a half. Yeah, I'm really intrigued by a guy like Kate Stover. Um, I've been like trying to think about 
what he could be. And I keep circling back to like a better version of Rashad Berry, just like a super freaky like basketball player, athlete kind of guy. And I know Ryan Day kind of talks about the spatial awareness stuff all the time. It comes with being a basketball player. But it seems like – and maybe it's just a matter of opportunity because I always thought Rashad had more there if he could ever kind of climb the depth chart. There were just really good guys in front of him. Now you have a guy with, I think, like a similar skill set, probably more of a mean streak and a little more willing to be a, an every-down blocker in Cade, but also the the athletic traits that, that made Rashad such an enticing prospect. So if that's what Cade Stover is bringing to the table right now, and, and you know this offense is going to go as CJ and the receivers go, I think, but uh, if Cade can bring an, an added element to the <laughs> table here – um, yeah, it's it's nice, I guess, to be the best offense in the country and find another weapon, I suppose, that you were counting on. More of a mean just streak think about the, seems like a bit yeah, of an yeah, understatement, no. right? Think about just the insanity of having a guy like Cade Stover, right? Cade Stover was expected to be a linebacker eight months ago. When the season ended, we're thinking he's a linebacker. He moves over to tight end the second week of spring practice. Now he's emerging not only as the go-to probably option at tight end, but team captain and all these things. And it's just one of those things where you have a certain set of characteristics and a, and a certain vibe about some guys that you just know they're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that they're putting themselves and their teammates in the best position. And Cade and his selflessness throughout his entire career at Ohio State, I think it's just great to see that there's finally a moment. And I remember talking to coaches when when they initially thought about moving him to tight end uh, a year and a half ago, and they said, this is a guy that has NFL potential at tight end, which is why they thought they wanted to broach the topic about moving there with him. And so the fact that he's really leaning into that, still getting the opportunity to hit people and do the stuff that he likes to do, but now also getting a chance to hold on to the football, which if you go back and watch Cade Stover's high school tape, it wasn't nine <laughs> minutes of touchdowns or anything, but he definitely... He definitely showed an aptitude and a and a willingness to to really run the ball and was extremely physical and and I, I just think you need that in an offense that's going to be sort of um, you know finesse at times. I think you really need that that sort of bully that Cade Stover can be. We've uh, name dropped Cade Stover as a captain, Cameron Bav as a blocko, also a captain. The Buckeyes didn't waste any time. You look at this leadership group. Six captains will lead the way for the Buckeyes. Bill. Uh, wrote about them on Saturday after those announcements came out. What were your initial reactions to this group that's going to uh, lead the way for the 2022 Buckeyes? Made made sense to me. Um, I don't I don't think we've established uh, how we want to approach profanity on this podcast. So I'll just say these guys are a bunch of butt kickers, um, <laughs> and 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 keep it and keep it PG. Oh, okay. Uh, but but that's what jumped out to me. Hey, Bill, we can say whatever the hell oh, we okay. want. <laughs> well then. Uh, <laughs> I think I think if you were to make a list of the guys on this roster who were who seemed like most likely to keep everyone in line, to keep everyone focused, to probably you know get on some people too when, when they need it, I think you you would land on on this six. It is interesting to me that there are a couple guys on the roster who were captains last year who aren't now, uh, but that could just be a matter of how the voting shook out and maybe they didn't want to have you know eight nine captains and wanted to keep it at six. It, these are just the, the guys that handle their business. That's it. They're, they're just these are the businessmen on the team. You look at, and we were leaving um, the Woody Hayes Athletic Center on what Thursday afternoon, and we saw Court Williams walking out of the Woody, and we we like, stopped him in the car, like, "Hey, do you ever smile?" <laughs> and he did for a second, but like you can tell, these are just the guys that know last year wasn't acceptable. Period, and, and they have handled their business in the in the weight room, in the classroom. Uh, now on the football field again this fall uh, at the start of fall camp. And 
These are the guys you build a program around, the Tommy Eichenbergs, the Court Williams, uh, the Kate Stovers, the Cam Babs. They, they handle themselves like professionals, and they're not allowing themselves to get caught up in all the other stuff and um, focusing strictly on their teammates. And again, I think Bill's point's interesting. It is weird that you have guys that are returning that were captains a year ago that aren't, but I don't think that that necessarily needs to be construed as a negative on those players so much as it is just a, a mark on the elevation of these other guys. And you know, the one that we, or I guess the two that we left out, if you don't know who the six are, uh, Tyler Friday is also in that group. And uh, the quarterback of the Buckeyes is also now a captain, uh, CJ Stroud. He was the leading vote getter from the team. And we've broken this down before about CJ Stroud finding his voice, being comfortable as the leader, signing autographs, doing media, all the other things. And I certainly talked about that again in Indianapolis last month at Big Ten Media Days. But if you're if you don't have a quarterback who is a captain for your team, you do have a bit of a problem, and you want that guy to be comfortable commanding a room. C.J. Stroud always had the potential to do that, but he'd never thrown a college football pass. You might have heard Ryan Day mention that before going into Minnesota last year. Had never thrown a college football pass. It's a lot harder to be a captain in that situation, and now a year later, that's that's completely flipped on its head, and you've got someone who can command not just the offense but potentially the entire team. And these guys would the, the teammates of CJ Stroud would be going to his 21st birthday party <laughs> without question, right? Like we know that. You know, like they would go to his 21st birthday party. So huh. I don't think you have to worry about that at all. Interesting. Yeah. You know what else I liked? I liked last week when we got to watch the Thursday um hour and 15 minutes when they were doing the team stuff. There were a number of times even sitting 25 30 yards away, we could hear CJ Stroud yelling at people on the field, telling them to get in a different spot and to to kick, pick up their tempo, get themselves more, uh, you know, where they need to be, and that's just something we wouldn't have seen a year ago. So I think as you start to really see CJ get into comfortable in his own skin, you'll see that uh, reflecting on the field the way it has already, and it can only be good things for Ohio State because CJ Stroud's really freaking good, uh, but so are Kyle McCord and Devin Brown. So they're only getting better by watching this new improved iteration of Stroud. Yeah, I think it was good, too, that he – I think by default you vote for the quarterback, right, at, at, at a certain point, but the fact that he was the leading vote-getter, I think, I think underscores <laughs> what his teammates think of him. And, and frankly, it's been pretty cool, I think, to see CJ kind of grow into that. You know, you, you hear him on the practice field being more vocal. I think, too, just from talking with him, you, you pick up on the fact that I think he's developed a voice sort of in the meeting room as well. I think he's, he's more confident in having those conversations with Ryan Day and Corey Dennis and Kevin Wilson and helping – orchestrate where this offense goes so so across the board i think he's just really grown comfortable in his own skin as, as you said Berman, and put himself in a position to be the unquestioned leader of this team i took a different anecdote out of thursday for cj stroud and it was after that hour and 15 minutes were over and they were letting the veterans go get in the ice bath go get uh some lemon perfect to drink whatever else they wanted uh cj stroud took the pads off there he go make sure that label's pointing out and put him down by one of the uprights and then walked back down to the other end of the field to watch Devin Brown and the young guys work and be involved in that. It's another situation where, you know, does it mean that he's going to win the Heisman and that Ohio State's going to win the national championship and that he's the greatest leader in the history of college football? No, but it's just we're picking up these bits and pieces throughout camp of how he's developed his, as we said, that, that voice, uh, that maturity, the willingness to lead, all of that is there. And 
that's not that it didn't exist before, but it's certainly been enhanced. And it, I don't, it's obvious that it's happening and all that stuff is good because Ryan Day and Mickey Mirati spent the entire offseason saying there was a leadership void a year ago. That was part of the problem. And they were scrambling up workout groups. And Bill noticed, you know, the way that they were stretching with the offense and defense mixed together on Thursday. Like they're clearly trying to make sure that the chemistry is much better for this team than it was a year ago. There, there has to be a reason for that. And we know what the results were on the field last year as part of the reason why. Yeah, I noticed that about Stroud on Thursday as well. And I thought was interesting is that there was only him and Cam Babb as the only players who were veterans that were down on the other end of the field watching the young guys. And so it wasn't just a cool moment where you start to see that these guys really are invested in one another and making sure that they're helping promote this brotherhood that, you know, is, that was sort of the staple of Ohio State football for a while. And it, the questions marks about leadership from a year ago are absolutely uh, indisputable and, and certainly something that was tangible um, all throughout last year. And so you just do see, as you've said, those little cues, those little signs that maybe this group is taking that that role and that uh, that cliche of brotherhood and, and stuff a little bit more serious. Anything else, Bill? No, I mean, I would just be repeating what you guys said. I, I, I will, though, like, it, it is... <laughs> Yeah, but you'd say it with a much more like, you know, sultry voice and people will like that. So just, yeah. That's true. That is true. It's pretty it's pretty silky. Um I I I think sometimes people might hear some of this stuff and just dismiss it as cliché like like Berm said. But it does matter. And 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 the fact that it's coming from the quarterback too, I I think is 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 even more important cuz listen, CJ Stroud could be awesome and the offense could be really good <laughs> even if everyone thought he was a jerk. But at a certain point, but at a certain point, when when he's trying to rally the team, you know, in the Rose Bowl or or against Michigan or in a playoff game, and he has to he has to be the one that gets them pointed in the right direction. They need to believe in him. And and if he was, if everyone thought he was a jerk, they probably wouldn't listen to him. But but the fact that he does seem to have connected, really, like not even just with the offensive players, it seems like a, like a genuine connection with a lot of the roster, regardless of whether it's offense or defense. I, I do think that that really matters. There, there aren't a lot of jerks on this roster, and I think that's important to point out. It's a jerk-free roster. Well, Bobby Carpenter would tell you that you're going to need a couple jerks to win a national championship. So No, he says you need a couple guys who will shank an opponent, not a jerk. You can still be a nice guy and shank an opponent. You may be right there. We'll talk about that later on on Monday uh, at Roosters as part of uh, the growing content list here at the podcast. We appreciate you all joining us. Busy weekend for the Buckeyes, naming those captains, giving the block out to Cameron Babb. Big scrimmage. We're going to start breaking down all the fallout from that with Kevin Wilson and the tight ends later on Monday, uh, and then a full complement of coverage coming your way throughout the week, including the daily version of the podcast, which we call the Podcast Daily. That's Berm and Bill Landis. I'm Austin Ward. We'll see you tomorrow.